Here at the Bounce of the Ball, we'd like to acknowledge the Warramai people, the traditional custodians of the land in which we are recording this podcast. We pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging, and I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening. Welcome back to the Bounce of the Ball. I'm your host, Rob Aaron. Uh, here is also my co-host, Chappie. How are you, bro? Good, brother. Yourself? Very, very good. So we're back, episode 24, and as always... As the new tradition goes, this players who wear the jersey 24. I'm going to start us off, mate. I'm going to go with Baron Davis. Oh, I wind up you on that one and go Mr. Buddy Hill. Nice. Okay, so we have uh, the man who goes around showing people who aren't actually in the NBA how actually good NBA players are, regardless of whether they sit on the bench or not, Mr. Brian Scalabrini. I'm going to go for a bit of defense to challenge that then, Mr. Tony Allen. Nice, nice. Okay, so, Paul George back at the Pacers, I believe. Ooh, the Kobe tribute from memory, wasn't it? I believe so. Right, yeah. Well, um, old school, old school, old school. Uh, Mr. Joe Johnson. Nice, nice. I'm going to go another Pacers legend. The infamous, the amazing. Also, social justice champion, Stephen Jackson. Oh, I like that one. I like it. I like it. Well, I'm going to go uh, for a, a bloke with uh, massive ears this time. Hey, I said to Mr. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse. Nice. Nice. Good old infamous Under Armour, Rick Barry. You know what? Let's just wrap it up now. There's only one person we can wrap it up on. That's right. Mr. Kobe Bryant. Right, so thank you very much, mate. Uh, welcome, listeners. Uh, if you want to email us at the podcast, you can email us at thebounceoftheball at gmail.com. You can also find us both in our Twitter handles, which you can see on the screen there. I'm at Rob Aaron underscore 23, and we have Chappies Titans over there. You also follow the podcast at TBOTB Podcast. So, today, we're just going to get straight into it. No, nothing else on the mind except today's chaos, which was the trade deadline. Mate. What are you talking about? What chaos? Dude. Okay. Not much chaos, you don't say. Well, there wasn't over your side of the neck of the woods, was there? It was a very, very quiet day. Nothing at all. Was that a picture I saw of your GM wandering around Disneyland? Mate, that's how confident we are. Try to keep a straight face. Come oh, on. bro. How, how did you handle that? Nothing being traded from the Lakers. Well, I was expecting it, so I just ignored all trades and just really? worked me out. Ring off today, yeah. No optimism at all? No, mate. What were we going to do? Wow. Sad, anyway. sad days. Sad, sad days. Anyway, yeah, well, the Bulls <clears> didn't <throat> do anything either, and I'm actually pretty stoked about it. So we're kind of on both ends of the spectrum, but on the same plate at the same time. It's a bit weird, mate. It's a bit weird. Yeah, so Bulls just need to get healthy, and that's what our um, GM, oh, sorry, our president of basketball operations, I believe, Arturis Karnaschovas, said. So their name again? Arturis Karnaschovas. Eastern European champion. I say that name quite often. Big shout out to <laughs> Ross too over there at, at Arturis Karnaschovas Fan Club. Brilliant Twitter. Okay, so the trades that actually did go down. Let's get amongst it, mate. So elephant in the room went down. We said it the other day. There could be a possibility of James Harden actually eliminating the Nets in the Eastern Conference Final. Also, yes, vice yeah. versa, Ben Simmons could eliminate... Nah, let's be honest. He's going to help, but it's not going to be him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we get amongst it, we'll just get down to the nuts and bolts of the trade. So the trade was Nets traded Harden and Millsap to the 76ers for Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, uh, 2022 first-round pick, unprotected which has a deferring option to 2023 and also 2027 first rounder, which is a top eight protected. So, wow. Um, it's an amazing trade, dude. It's not the one I wanted. Obviously. It was a so I will, who I thought would be a better option, but anyway. Yeah. 
Fiber would have been a huge game changer. I'm amongst that same opinion. Um, did you have? Did you see the interview with Paddy Mills following the trade deadline when he found out that they'd acquired Simmons? Uh, the one that he said that he's been supporting him from afar. Is that yep, the one? That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just as I was saying last episode, I think it's going to be a huge benefit for Simmons having Paddy Mills there. Just that experience and someone who, um, yeah, he should have gone to the Olympics with, like, let's be honest. Exactly. Well, I think he yeah. will next time now, based off this. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah, um, so... Yeah, what was that? You know, it's actually pretty good both ways. Like, I think uh, Drummond will give them that backup center that they need. Yeah. Just a bit of size. Um, I, I can see positive on both ends of the spectrum for them. If they can give them 15, you know, 10, 15 quality minutes each night. Yeah. <clears throat> anything about quality minutes. It's a relative term. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I watched them last season. <clears throat> His uh, touch is a bit uh, rough around the edges, but um, yeah. as, as we always say, you can't teach size or length. No, that's right. So, he's going to be a big benefit. Seth Curry, extra shooting. That's going to help him tie it over with uh, missing Joe Harris for the back end of the season here. Hopefully, he can come back, but just in case, they've got Seth Curry there as that basically um, security, I suppose, in that sense. I just I, I just want to know what Doc's daughter did to get traded. <laughs> Apparently, Doc cancelled training today so he could say goodbye to his grandkids. Yeah, so it's all happening there. So I, I don't know. We, who's the winner? I honestly feel like Maury got fleeced here a little bit. You reckon? Yeah. Harden's not Come a guaranteed success i don't feel him and Embiid. i just don't know if it's going to work i can everyone's talking like it's going to be the greatest duo since kb and shack but <laughs> so that's, yeah i'm not sure Embiid is dominant but he is ball dominant as well They're both uh, ball dominant very ball dominant are they going to be able to give up the ball to each other is it just going to be them two doing it all because they're going to have to get other people going if they get locked down but Embiid's not going to get locked down. Harden's going to be more likely to be locked down, but he's going to also yeah. draw a lot of fouls and stuff too. So this oh, it's going to be some ugly games, man. They're going to spend so much time at the free throw line. I just worry about them trying to build chemistry. That's what it's about. Um, like through the season, you, you are trying to build chemistry, get your reps up, and everything else. They do not have a lot of time left before yeah. the the uh, postseason. Um, they've given up a lot. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure. No, like, I'm not. yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. Paul Millsap, is he going to be a big help there? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's going to be bought out. He probably doesn't, there's no talk of him being bought out. So it doesn't look like it at this stage. So they're probably going to utilize him in some way off the bench. Um, when you've, um, given up that much, you are going to have to use him. Oh, definitely, definitely. So oh, they've only given up one extra player in that sense. That's your depth off the bench, though. It so is. what are you going to do? Put a G League player on there, or look in the buyout market yourself? It's interesting, interesting. that Maxi was a definite no-go, but they didn't offer back Fiebel, which is yeah. Some people think that Fiebel's not like that important of a player, but I don't. I think people really underrate Fiebel's, um participation on the team. You don't have to be an all-star to be an all-star in your position. Yeah, exactly. But playing your role, and um, he does. He so. does very, very well. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's... Well, I'd give that... I'm giving that an A-plus for the Nets. They, I think they got the best value they possibly probably could out of Harden at this point. Like, I'm surprised. Um, like, like, Moore is the only one who would have paid that much for him, I think, in that sense. I just don't get it. When you got a player, two players in one out, did he really have to pay that much? I'm not sure. I don't know. Some of the best TV I've ever seen was today um, when they were picking the reserves <laughs> for, for the All-Star teams. And KD picked Rudy Colbert. 
instead of picking James Harden. Last pick of the draft. Um, and LeBron's just sitting there laughing his house off. And oh, covering his LeBron. face with his draft board. Oh, my God. It was so hilarious. It was amazing. Speaking of the draft board, we need to get ours done as well. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that We can do that very, very soon. Very soon. I can tell you now, I'm, I'm going to be picking Gobert over Harden. <laughs> uh, so it moves us on to the Mavs. Okay, so they've cashed out on Porzingis. Yep. So the Wizards acquire Porzingis, and the Mavericks get, uh, sorry, and they also get the Mavs 2022 second round pick protected. I know what protected second round pick looks like. I've never really heard of that. Um, yeah, so the Mavs get back Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Batans, I believe. Yeah, so that's interesting, man. Like, what the hell's happening there? So you lose a seventh footer to get a shooting guy. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. Um, that being said, he has been injured a fair bit. Um, uh, it's hard to tell. Like, it's it not seems like, like yeah, it seems like Paul Zingas is happy to go too. I think he's always kind of didn't like playing that second fiddle to Luca too much. So he goes to the Wizards. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, but the Wizards have looked like a good team this year, and with Paul Zingas playing there, would he be playing? He's a center. Like he is a center. But he does play power forward, so like what? Well, that'd be he'd play center next to Kuz, wouldn't he? And Kuz would play power forward. Yep, unless they move Kuz to the three. But um, we've tried him there before, and yeah, he probably would be a better three than a four. But yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, he's gonna get, be giving up some boards to Bazingas for sure. So that's an interesting trade for sure. It's um. I don't know what to rate that. I suppose the Wizards. I think it's just a case of just trying to get out. Um, yeah. On paper, I'd probably be happy with Dinwiddie. I think they were both um, mutually kind of like happy because yeah, Spencer sure. Dinwiddie wasn't um, apparently getting along with the players in change room. And Porzingis apparently, like I just mentioned, was kind of sick of playing behind the shadow of Luka Doncic. So... Yeah, it's kind of mutually beneficial for both parties there. Um, it's a bit of a nothing nothing trade in that sense. It's kind of strange, yeah, that's all. It really doesn't excite me at all, eh? Yeah. It's... Well, what do you think of Bertans, though? Like, I haven't really seen too much of him, mate, to be honest. I don't know. He's just a European fellow, isn't he? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, nah. yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, uh... Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't excite me at all. So I'm, I'm, I don't even know. Um, all right, so I've just looked him up. He's six foot ten and power forward. So they've lost that size and got size in and a shooter and, and a guard as well. Okay. Uh, I don't know. As I said, it does not excite me at all. No. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. Um, the next one we have the Celtics. So the Celtics did some. We have to talk about. Seriously, do we have to talk about the Celtics? Yeah, we have to just a little bit, a little bit. It's kind of interesting. So they get Derek White from the Spurs. I think that's a really good pickup for them. You watch Derek White play? I have. I just don't like talking about the Celtics. (laughs) (laughs) So the Spurs got back Josh Richardson and um, Romeo Langford. They also get the Celtics. 2022 first round pick, top four protected. Um, they've got a right to swap that pick for 2028 first round. So that's interesting. Um, they also acquired Daniel Tice back. So they reacquired him after trading him to the Bulls last year at the trade deadline. He's gone back to the Celtics via the Rockets, who acquired Dennis Schroeder, Bruno Fernando, and Ennis Freedom. So he's the interesting story in all of this. So. Innis Freedom cool. has been waived, basically straight away oh, by oh. the Rockets, surprisingly. Did that go through here? The Rockets waving oh. Innis Canner straight away. Surprise, surprise. Do you know who the China, who China's biggest fan base is? What NBA has the biggest fan base in China? 
um, the Lakers. No. No? The Houston the Rockets. Rockets. Dude, that's right. And then it was the, the Yao Ming. Yao Ming. Yes, that's right. Yeah. It got quite damaged the other year with Daryl Morey's tweet. And they got rid of Daryl Morey, okay, just to make sure that their fan base is still insured. That they've traded for Ennis Canner. I wonder how much this is, right? And then all of a sudden, yeah, bye. We're waving you, dude. We don't need you here. I wonder if the NBA will approve any of his contracts if they go to like if he goes to play again. It'd be very suspicious if they don't. But you have no yeah, reason with, not. With all the criticism that he's had of China and LeBron and everything like that. Yeah. Um. There's no reason for them not to. I know. There's no reason at all. So it'd be an interesting kind of thing to see if he ever plays in the NBA again. Teams might not want to touch him because of that factor. We were speaking about this off, you know, before we started recording, that they have such a massive fan base over there, these teams, that any sort of little, little revenue boost or, you know, loss in that, can yeah affect these teams. There's reasons why these teams are worth billions of dollars these days and not hundreds of millions anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So TV revenue is huge and with all the streaming stuff that we all sign up for, it's massive. Of course it is. It's absolutely massive. Expensive. Okay, so that takes us to a four way trade. Okay. So the Kings, the Pistons, the Clippers and the Bucks. So this is Hang on. Say that again. Four-way trade between the Kings, Pistons, Clippers, and the Bucks. So uh-huh. this is wild. Hold on. We have the Kings acquiring uh, Vin, uh, Vincenzo, Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles, and the draft rights to David Michinow. I don't know who that is. Sorry, young man, if I yep, mispronounced your name. Um, the Pistons acquired Marvin Bagley. He finally got out of the Kings. They really want to revamp this team, don't they? Yeah. Extremely. Um, the Clippers, they got Rodney Hood, um, semi Ogile, and the rights to some young European player. And the Bucks acquired Serge Ibaka. That's a very interesting pickup, that one right there. And they either got the Warriors, they get either the Warriors or the Cavs 2023 second round pick, whichever is less favorable. Um, Kings 2024 second round pick. And cash from the Clippers. So, yeah. Bucks get good old cash considerations. Gotta love cash considerations. He gets around, Bucks. He's been to so many clubs. Yes. So many clubs. Um, I don't know. Um, for me, Barker would be good for him. Just that extra size on the inside. Um, yeah. yeah. They're getting longer. But it sounds pretty good to me for the Bucks. Um, Kings, I've got no idea what they're trying to do. Um, Dave Vincenzo is a really good pickup for them, man. It is, but everything else that they've given up. Uh, anyway, guys, we'll have to see. Josh Jackson. Um, Trey Lyles. Hmm. Do you really rate Trey Lyles that highly, though? I don't, but, you know, he's a developing player, in a sense. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Marvin Bagley leaving, to me, that's... It's almost as if they've been trying to get rid of him for oh, a long forever. time. His old man's um, been screaming at getting him traded. Yeah, so. So, finally, him out the door. Um, the Clippers getting Rodney Hood. I, I don't understand what the Clippers are doing. Um, I don't know. I like Sammy. I. I have I like no Sammy. idea what the Clippers are doing. No. Um, I like Sammy. It's almost as if, I don't know, are they loading up to be able to make trades next season when everyone's fit again? Or I've got so. no idea. But um, as I said, I do like Sammy. Um, Ronnie Hood, maybe three years ago. Don't know. Um, but yeah, no, Sammy's a decent pickup, I think. Yeah. Well, the Clippers could be going on a tank run, staying out of the eight, getting a better pick, not bringing back Kawhi or Paul George this year. What um picks do they pick up, though? They got picks in the last lot of trades, didn't they? I'm not too sure. I'm not across that too much. Um, yeah. So it kind of takes us off to the Hornets. This is a strange one. So the Hornets acquire Montrez Harrell. Tris. And the Wizards acquire Ish Smith and Vernon Carey. They also get um, a 2023 second round pick, top 45 protected. 
Okay. Sweet. So, they can so pretty much, unless it's the end of the draft, they ain't getting nothing. Yeah. Wow. That's strange. Kind um, of strange. That's Jordan so Boyer. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to say his top forty-five protected pick. <laughs> Here I go. Oh, that's insane, Michael Jordan. But um, do you reckon there was talk before about Trez and um, guys like Cruz not really getting on? Um, and they all got traded together. I reckon yeah. it's a case of um, just trying to get them out the door. Or yeah, it's not really much of a trade for me. I don't. What do you think of Montrez Harrell at the Hornets? Um, he's high energy, but it's almost as if he kind of reminds me of Randall, where it's high energy but not a lot of control. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he's um, brought in as like a uh, protector for, um, he's undersized to be a protector though. Yeah, like, I know. But like, a... you know how he gets in people's faces and just like you don't really need to be a um actual physical protector these days. It's just that whole like make sure you tell people what the go is kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So. Chez, when he was at the Clippers, though, showed his value. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. He played well. You don't get six man of the year unless you play well. Um, mm, yeah. I don't think he was six man of the year, but yeah. Hey, he won. Yeah, I know he did, but yeah. Exactly. Um, but anyway, um, moving on, I, I don't know how to rate that. It, to me, it's just pretty sideways yeah so we'll just have a look at two more teams and i think um shout out to hoops rumors by the way 2022 trade deadline recap by luke adams thank you very much for your breakdown of this um now the raptors are an interesting team defensively i think they're one of the better teams in the competition um they just need the pieces to actually work within them schemes um so they've acquired Thaddeus Young and Drew Eubanks. I think Eubanks may have been... Drew Eubanks was immediately waived by the Raptors. So they've kept um, Thaddeus Young. Now, the Bulls were hoping that Thaddeus Young would be waived by the team who acquired him so he could yep. return to the Bulls. But it seems like the Raptors have other ideas because he is defensively a good player and he can work well... Uh, he works amazingly in a pick and roll, and he got earned the nickname Thadjik Johnson. That's right, because <laughs> he was like, like he was getting so many assists. I think he was um, averaging nine assists a game at one point. He was putting up, he put up a few um, triple doubles and heaps of double doubles. So there you go. Yeah, Zach was feeding off him really, really well. They were working really, really well as a two-man team at the start of last year, and we kind of did not want to get rid of. Um, him, we offered Larry Markinen to the Spurs, but they asked for Thaddeus Young anyway, and just sat yep. him on the bench the entire time. They didn't want yeah. to give us what we wanted. It was weird. And then um, Larry got what he wanted in the end and got his contract and got traded to the Cavs. So that was go. interesting. Yeah. And in return, the Spurs get Goran Drogic. Now, that's just an expiring contract, isn't it? probably will be waived by the Spurs because he refused to play for um, the Raptors, basically, from what, yeah. I, what I know. So they got Drogic and they got the Raptors' 2022 first-round pick, which is top 14 protected. So mm -hmm. that's interesting. Okay, now the other big move, which I'm actually really interested in, was Aaron Holiday went to the Suns for cash from the Wizards and... The Suns also acquired yeah. Craig Torrey from the Pacers, who got Jalen Smith and the Suns' 2022 second-round pick in return. That makes them a stronger yeah. defensive team again. The Suns just got scary, dude. Like, as if they are already scary enough. Um, yeah, they're number one in the West now, aren't they? From memory? Yeah, by like, a clear. long shot, clear. dude. Clear. clear. Number one. Clear. Yep. Damn. Dang. Um, what do you reckon? They're your favourites now or not? I think they have been for about the last 20 games, man. Yeah. Everyone's kind of like not speaking about them in a sense, but they're the team to beat. I don't give a shit what anyone says, man. They fed, um, they beat the Bucks today, 
fairly comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, they've kind of got the Bucks measure now, in that sense. But the Bucks aren't playing ramped up basketball at the moment either. They're playing like they're not playing at peak, hit and tilt. You know how the other year they were playing to win every game, and yeah. I think they've kind of basically worked out now. All we've got to do is just get there to the playoffs, and you're all basically even footing in the playoffs. No one's got an advantage Look. in the sense in the playoffs anymore, unless you yeah. like top six. They've created that top six advantage where you don't have to play for the playing position. Playing position, I'm uh, bothered by. But... Not only that, though. Like, yes, they kind of changed the format, but being able to play the last couple of games at home is still a big draw card, man. Yeah, I get uh, it. It's about money and stuff, but at the same time, why do you grind all year to finish in? Like, can you imagine if a team that's like <sighs> got a below 500 record sitting in 10th place? Yep. somehow somehow finds their way in the play in going into the fi- into the finals in the playoffs when a team was above 500 that they beat it's not going to happen i know you're saying that but just because something sounds highly improbable it does not make it impossible okay i get that but there's a reason why you're just sitting on 500. There's a reason why those other teams are well and truly over 500. They're much better organizations. Yeah. I'd hedge my bets any day of the week that the Bucks will beat any play-in team. Yeah. Comfortably. Pretty sure of that. May not be a clean sweep, but it might be a gentleman sweep. I'm just talking about not that first round. I'm talking about actually like being in the playoffs. You know what I mean? So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just they can develop a gap between eight, nine, and ten, pretty significant yep. gap, the way the league mm. is structured. Do you know what I mean? So, I just don't see the incentive in that sense to for teams in that. Po- it's frustrating. Yes, yeah. so is the incentive is not to be there, isn't it? Mm. It is, but yeah. I just hate rewarding mediocrity. And that's what, for me, the play-in is. Yes, yeah. it gets rid of the um, nothing games towards the end of the season where teams aren't got nothing to play for. They stop putting in the effort. Yeah, it does kind of get rid of that, but but it can get teams down to third, the, down to the thirteenth and twelfth team playing for a playing spot. So it keeps the the, the season alive a bit longer. Yeah, um, no, but it's not for me. It's like um, participation trophies, in my opinion. Yeah, and one final call. There was just a little one at the end. The Magic acquired Bol Bol and PJ Dozer from the Celtics. Oh, Bol Bol. So what did the Seas get? Um, Magic's 2023 second round pick. Top 55 protected. So they gave him away for nothing, pretty much. <laughs> Oh, that's rough. Poor bubble. How many picks are there in a draft? Huh? 60? There's 60 picks in a draft, yeah? Yep. 30 each round. Nuts. Top 55 protected. Oh, my God. So it's got to fall in the last... Fo- <laughs> are you kidding me? It's it's nothing. It's literally nothing. They gave him away. Wow. They got cash, <laughs> dude. Like- they hang got on, cash on, too. No, 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 no. You don't get it. They got cash as well, the Magic. They Wait, got so Bol Bol. The magic? They paid yeah. the Magic to take Bol Bol and PJ Dozer. And we're like, and we're like, here, we'll also give you this like second round pick from 2028, but it's top 45 protected. And Magic's like, sweet. Here's a top 23. <laughs> Here's a 2023 second round pick that's top 55 protected in return. Dude, that's nuts. Those guys, those guys are just gonna get dumped. Like, let's be honest. Like, wow. Pretty much, it's cash considerations and contract space and waving. Bobo's gone, man. I think they've everyone's been trying to hide how bad he is for a long time. There's some medical issues there and everything. So, yeah. Okay, just a few like notable oh, trade he- candidates that didn't actually move. We'll quickly go through them. So, Jeremy Grant. Surprise, surprise. Asking too much for what you got there, mate. Um, Miles Turner. 
Didn't go anywhere. I thought, I thought he was going to move. So, here was the piece that didn't move in the end. I wonder if they're going to structure anything around him. Um, John Collins stayed. Mm-hmm. Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes stayed with the Kings. Um, After the Kings did it. Nice. Notable stayings for the Lakers was Taylor Horton Tucker and Russell Westbrook. <clears throat> Moving on. Eric Gordon and John Wall stayed at the Rockets. Surprised nothing happened there. I really am. Campbell Walker, he stayed. Uh, Alec Burks. Terrence Ross. Good old Terrence Ross. Did you see what he posted on Twitter? No, what did he say? He posted that meme of, um, oh, was it Wolf of Wall Street? I'm not going. I'm not going anywhere. I ain't fucking leaving. <laughs> I need to look that up now. Fuck. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, yeah, it was really, really interesting trade week. We had CJ McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell go to the Pelicans. Yep. So the Spurs got Sedaransky, which is interesting. I like him. Yeah. I like him. Trailblazers got Joe Inglis. Joe Inglis got dumped off by the Jazz, which is a bit sad. Uh, look, at his age, what, he's done his ACL or something, didn't he? Yeah. He's never been overly athletic. He's not lights out shooting. What do you expect him to do? Yeah, exactly. And um, I think we already spoke about the Karis Levert and Ricky Rubio trade on the last podcast as well. So We did, we did, we did. Yeah, so that kind of wraps us up for the trades. Yeah. You're going to be um, all right, mate. You're going to make it through the rest of the year? Me? Have you given up yet? Are you still got hope? No. Nah. There's hope. hope. Hope is such a dangerous thing. Um, I don't remember who I spoke to, but they're like, you know what? It took Russ <laughs> until after the All Star break to click with at the Wizards. That's what I said to you. Yeah. You're a wise man. <clears throat> we'll see. Like, I'm a fan. I'm always gonna watch the games. I'm always gonna follow it. Fingers crossed for you, bro. Fingers crossed for you. Okay. I hope you make it play at least. Talk about a backhanded fucking compliment. Um, wow. I'm having too much fun with this. I'm having way too much fun with this. You will get me back. Karma will realign itself. The cosmos always does this, bro. Don't worry. Um, I just hope it's not for a couple of years. That's all. (laughs) Mm, After after a couple of bulls chips, then you can just do whatever you want. I'll just... What, we're going to go back in time to 1996, are we? Mate, I lived there rent-free, okay? In my head. It's okay. <laughs> Bro. Um, what happened to Cody Zeller? We meaning to ask you that. He got waived, didn't he? Who last played for Portland. So he must have got waived. They waived him. Okay, there you go. You see... Is Cody Zeller not a decent backup center for a team like us who struggle? <clears throat> I don't know. Uh... Look, I actually had a lot of time for Cody Zeller when he was at um. Oh, not a lot of time, but I thought he was okay at the Hornets. when he was at Charlotte. Yeah, I actually did think he was pretty decent. Um, I don't know. Like he's been waived. Yeah. Would he be a bad pickup for a team on the buyout market? Who knows, man. But. I don't know. Yeah. Bradley's probably as good as him, dude. Probably better. And Bradley's not that good, man. So, Mm. I don't know, man. There's like a really big divide in the quality of centers in the league. Like, Andre Drummond's still up there, but look at the difference between him and Embiid. Like, there's levels, dude, to that. Drummond's got, like, bloody cement for hands. He is an interesting lad, he is. Very, very, very interesting. Oh, yeah. For someone who wants to be um, renowned as a quality player, his touch is awful. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah, I watched it. Lots. I'm sure you did. And lots. You know what, though? That's how he gets all, his, all of his rebounding stats, man. 
from just having brick hands. Yeah, mate. Like, he gets it, he hits the rim, falls back in his hands, hits the rim again, goes on the backboard, gets on the other side. Mate, it's amazing the number of rebounds he can get like that. Oh, tell me about it. It's ridiculous that they all count. That's the thing that does my head in when you realise it's like, them rebounds just mean that you may have missed like four shots in a row, dude. Right under exactly. the bucket and you're big enough to regather the ball. Like, I've seen it happen. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun. But, yeah. But we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Yeah. Like Cody just went under the just yeah no one noticed no one spoke about it I don't know I don't know it's like I I don't even know what made me think about it but yeah I just realized that I didn't talk to you about it the other day so, and I wasn't sure if I missed it or so we've gone you know what I mean? full circle from the Nets acquiring James Harden and sorry getting rid of James Harden for Ben Simmons to finish off with what happened to Cody Zeller yeah Man, podcast tonight. <laughs> Got, I've got time for Cody Zeller. I've got lots of time for Cody Zeller. Oh, jeez. Uh, I've got more time for the Sex Panther, Matt Thomas, than I do for Cody Zeller, and I have no <laughs> time for Sex Panther. Okay, no time. That is turning into 40% of the time, it works 100% of the time. Uh... <laughs> hey, you know what, though? That just shows how in-depth we go. Yeah. We, we look to give time to all the scrubs. Yeah, that's great. That's um, exactly right. <laughs> they are shouldn't the call them scrubs. I apologize, gentlemen. You are NBA players. You would just absolutely ball out on me if I played against you. Okay, okay. so um, respect where it is due. Mr. Brian Scalabrini, number 24. <laughs> He's closer to LeBron. <clears throat> than anyone on this podcast ever will be. Okay, so... That wraps us up for this week. Uh, thank you, thank you again. Cheers, Chappie. Great to have your insight again. And yeah, we'll be back again this time next week. See you later. Peace. Thanks, brother. Too easy, brother. Bye. Bye. G'day, and welcome to the first NRL talk for the year. I have a special guest today. Uh, I'd like to welcome in Dave. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm very good, mate. How are you? Very, very good. Uh, so, Dave, my colleague's husband, uh, referee of rugby league, and yeah, a bit of a main mind. We get on the banter a bit at times. We're in the same tipping comp. Um, he's a Roosters aficionado, and I've set him aside to do some homework to give us a bit of a preview into how the Roosters are going to handle this year. So, how are you, mate? And how do you, are your Roosters going? Yeah, well, hopefully with injuries stay really, really quiet this year. Hopefully no one's in the sick ward. And um, we should have a very good year. We've had, we've gutted a lot of players from last year. Um, so a lot of, lot of the young players who probably weren't going to get too much game time last year have got a lot of game time, like Egan Butcher. Butcher. And um, so they should be all prime ready to go, mate. Yeah, um, I did want to start there with last season because it was like a very interesting time for you guys. The casualty ward was epic, epic proportions. When Kiri went down, I think I um, I said straight away, I jumped on Twitter, ACL. You could tell no one's near him. That's terrible. That's so shocking. And like, it's the, I, I thought you guys were gone for the season entirely. Um, but <laughs> the depth in your club, yeah, it um, it's quite amazing. So... Yeah, do you want to start with last year? Yeah, mate. All the injuries and stuff. Yeah, well, so, well, yeah. We, um, well we won 16 games, lost eight. Um, like, we used 34 players and 11 players debuted for the club last year. So, that's a that's a pretty big toll of players that, um, that, that debuted for the club. And a lot of them were North Sydney players who, who started the year with no contract at all. So... Yeah, that was like they got subbed in because we had no one else. So, and with COVID going down, the under 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 twenty ones didn't really get much game time. And same with the Bears, they season got cut short. So, but there was there was some plenty of positives. Like we scored twenty seven tries between the sixtieth one minute mark and the eightieth minute. So we. We like to finish games off pretty strong. Yeah. And and that was after scoring 20, 122 tries for the all season. And we only conceded 
17 tries in the same time. So our defense at the second half of the game was uh, was pretty good. So but, in basketball terms, you were pretty clutch in that sense. Uh, late, yeah, late stages yeah, of the we, game, you just score and defend well and just, yeah. Yeah, it was either that we got blown out early or we or we just kept fighting until the end. So that and that just proves like there's a lot of tigger in the in the club at the moment, like um that they don't want to let each other down. Where other clubs might have folded, put away put it away, went, Oh, this is too hard. So Yeah, it's a, it does say a lot to the to the club culture that uh the Roosters do have. But it also does kind of talk to about that player depth that you have at the, at the you know at the club like you have been criticized for the player pooling and talent pooling that you have and also uh, been accused of having a salary sombrero um, but I feel it's more the way that the Roosters operate with that club culture and Nick Politis that players want to play there and they're willing to play there for at least a bit of money you know they enjoy the lifestyle they enjoy the culture of the team and it seems like they really do play for each other and I think Robbo has a lot to do with that too yeah yeah, well, Robo Robo's been there since 2013, and like on the roster starting this year, we're only going to have two players that were at the club when he first started: Hargraves and um, Tuku. So really? there's a lot of players. A lot of players now have have come through that club. He always seems to to find an oldie. Like in next year, he's oh this year I should say he's got Kevin Lagama coming back, 33, hasn't played NRL for. Probably three three seasons. It's a great pickup, but he's in, been in good nick and playing really strong over in um, the Super 100%. League. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. I like, don't think he, coming he from just... Super League is as much as a um, that whole not playing NRL. I, I know it's been thrown around for a while, but I'm not sure it's as relevant as it used to be because with uh, the Tigers, you know, you've uh, you might, as you should know uh, have Jackson Hastings coming back this year from Super League. And it seems to have improved him going over there. His game seems a lot more matured, a lot more balanced. So I wonder how it will translate. But he seemed like he was just too, it was too easy for him at times over there. And Nagama, he was like, he scored tries like, he was automatic, I think, at one point. Yeah, well, he did get player the, play the match in the grand final yeah. over there last year. So, um Oh, definitely, definitely. They play a lot of. They play more games over there than they play here. So, and they start, they start this weekend. So, yeah. it's and they have the two competitions it, it, running, don't they? Because they have the um, the Challenge Cup. I think it's called, isn't it? Is yeah, that what it's yeah, still called? Challenge yeah. Cup. If you lose, you're out. So it just like filters down to the last two. Yeah, teams. it's just like yeah. the FA, FA Cup in yep. the soccer, and then they've got the they got the English Super League, and they play they play thirty. 30 rounds of their English Super League. So, yeah. like, but... Weather well, does note, permit it a bit more, though, but we can say... <laughs> yeah, it's a bit harder if, to play that kind of... Yeah, Because we either start too early or start too late or finish too late, and the heat is noticeably affecting the fatigue of the players. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, you, but again, we train in that heat, so... Yeah, exactly. They should be pretty raring. And that is that difference. That's probably the difference, I think, between the playing in the NRL and the Super League. Like, it's... Like, anyone who's played footy, or any kind of footy, must know how much easier it is to run around on a cold day than in 25-degree <laughs> heat, okay? Yeah. And humidity at that. Yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, you've mentioned Naguama. Um great off-season signing. Is there anyone else that he's managed to pick up? I think it was Connor Watson um, went back. Yes, um, Connor, cheap, Connor Watson's he? come back. So he'll be, he'll be looking to play a bit of bench. And as I, as I was talking to my wife about it, the Orbo, where he'll just fit in anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So he's a so great the last utility couple, player. Yeah. Last year we didn't, we didn't really have that. We had Adam Kieran. Yeah. Um, but he he was can kick injured. a goal and kick a goal, kicked a couple. But <laughs> but goal kicking goal kicking was was the worst in the NRL at last year at sixty three point five percent. So really, hopefully hopefully this year we have signed Paul Moroski, the other other local Rooster Junior. That's right, mom was so called, didn't he? Yes. So he sent a sent a winger and a goal kicker. So um. And as I said, he's back back to the club where he he's a really interesting story. In. He couldn't find his way into the first grade team, so he, he leaves basically 
plays the house down at the Tigers, gets transferred, gets that transfer deal to the Storm. You got on on that trade deal with the Storm where Harry Grant, Green. yeah, and then um, he went back, and then we did the early swap to get um, our fullback in Dane Laurie. So, and he's managed to stay relevant, <laughs> playing games for Premiership winning teams throughout that time, and made himself like um, a hot, yeah, a big commodity again. Well, well, pretty much in the last 2016, he played in the Toyota uh, Holden Cup Grand Final. Yep. 2017, he played in the Wyon New South Wales Cup team. 2018, he was in the squad. He played the prelim final. And then obviously had that year at the West Tigers where he didn't get to play in September. <laughs> and then um, got transferred to, to Melbourne in 2020. Played a couple of games down there. Obviously, didn't play in the grand final. Then last year, got moved to the Panthers and played in the grand final. So yeah. he's um pretty pretty irrelevant young player. And soon as soon as Morris said he was retiring and all that, I said to my wife that we've got to get him back. He he's a Trent Robinson player. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, um and handy. And as well, we've got a front, young front row from the Bulldogs, um, Renouf under Tony. Um, don't re- he played a few games last year for him off the bench and that. So he's just the other stock there for our forwards that yeah. have have lost a few forwards. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how he develops in your system too. But it's like when players go to the Storm or they go to the Roosters, they kind of turn them into he's diamonds. He's <laughs> He's at that age, 25, where you sort of front rowers start coming into them, into themselves. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah. Um, the Tigers managed to re-sign Stefano the other day, extend him, so I was very, very happy about that. Um, yeah, well, there was a bit of talk that he want. There was a few clubs sniffing around. Oh, they so. were sniffing around him. And um, yes. Shenzy, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm really excited, Shenzy, coming back. Um what he's managed to do so far. He's stopped the car, the club looking like a basket case continually in the media day to day. So it's just media science at the moment and nothing but good times. So, yeah. Well, I just wanted to did ask you a little question about an off-season signing that's not going to be coming until next year. So are you a fan of the cheese? I think that he's got value on the field and off the field. Yeah, so but, do I. He's just got to not be the fucking But... <laughs> I am a, I'm a Sam Verrills fan. Yeah. Like the club, the club invested a lot in him by getting him over who couldn't get a game from, couldn't get a start at Manly. Yeah. In the, in the hooker role. Um, they got him over in the SG ball to uh, under twenties. Got him in the first grade, played first year, first grade, played, played grand final, scored the first try. Um, they signed him to a, a pretty big deal to the 2024. Um, I sort of don't really want to lose him. Yeah. Because he's a, he's a hooker hooker. Like he, 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 he's a young bloke, but he has got that good ball off the ground. Um, just no frills, just makes his tackles very, but has been very injury prone. Yeah. The last the last two years. Like he hurt his eye, done his ACL. Um, but yeah, he just seems like a real down to earth kid who who we seem to, to keep buying the finding these young players who are down to earth. Bit of no 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 toss up policy that we sort of got in our club these days where we've been known as a bit of a Let's sign anyone. Doesn't matter what sort of football. Um, as long as they play great football, let's just sign them. And they've put our name, the club's name, through the through the ringer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say about the Tigers, they seem to do that as well. They've got a no dickhead policy, but to their own detriment at times. Um, yeah. Is what it is. Um, doesn't bother me. I prefer them have the no dickhead policy than actually like field a dickhead on the team, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You did have Cardi for a bit there, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, well, yes, yes. 
Yeah, but that was a while ago. And he that was, was he was turned away for. <laughs> yeah, well, he, what, did, he what, did end up getting sacked. Yeah, didn't he? What was what was Carney sacked for at the Roosters again? I did I forget about that. What, there were so many uh, indiscretions. Was, yeah, no. What happened was they coming into the last games in 2011. They said, "Let's get off the piss," and him and Nate Miles and Frank Paul and Neil Sala decided to go and get get on the piss. They weren't drunk or anything, but they just were taking a photo of being out in the out in the club, out out in the street at two a.m. on a Sunday or Monday morning after just getting flogged by Manly. Oh, okay. Um, so pretty much, pretty much the the cult, the the senior leadership group, pretty much sacked him. Yeah, optics not good. Optics not good there at all. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah, Teddy had some. Surgery this off season, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, yes. He um had a bit of um bit of sore knee from previous injuries when he was at the Tigers. Yeah, I'm pretty much thinking that he might not even start the year because Trent Robinson likes to play the play the long the long ball. It depends how the next couple of weeks goes. I don't think he did much running until until the start of January. Until yeah. January. That so, is um actually interesting that you mentioned that um. I've always noticed that about Robbo, how he gets his team ramping up towards the finals. He's never, and Bellamy's always like wants them to get to peak performance and then just stay there all the way through the season. And I feel Robbo's method leads to less burnout within the team. Um, yeah, he probably plans recovery a bit better, but I'd, I'd, I'd assume Bellamy would have a great recovery program for his team as well. That's Robertson's stuff. He he's got a got a university degree in sports science yep um so this year this year the roosters have uh did a bit of clean out in the in the coaching ranks and the bit of back coaching um so they've got a new head sports person this year yep. and they've um and they've obviously lost Fitzgibbon, and um so now jason riles and uh, brett morris have jumped up into into the coaching and and nathan kalis has left he was uh, a bit of a development coach. He's gone to the Tigers. Yeah. Um. So. So now, now Brett Morris is sort of doing that development from the younger grades, coming into first grade. Oh, so Mozzie's doing that job, is he? Yeah, and doing doing I think a bit of attack. So Matt King's doing most of the attacking coach. Yep. Um, and Jason Riles is doing a lot of defence coaching. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about Ross about whether he'd take a, the um, what job was he considered for again? Oh, well, one hasn't he? Well, like he's, yeah, he's he seems to be the first years. person, but um, he seems to be holding out for something a bit better. Well, he signed it. He signed a three-year deal, and isn't it the Bellamy? Yeah, that, there was a speculation about Bellamy leaving Storm, and the Storm are pretty much like want Riles as his replacement if that was to come along yeah. or something like that. Well, he he signed a three-year deal, and he he actually rung Trent Robertson up. To when Fitzgibbon got the job at Cronulla, um, he actually chased Trent Robertson to get a job. Obviously, again, he's a former rooster. Yep. He played two years at the club in 2010, 2011. So he's got that bit of culture. And like, yeah, and tr that year, Trent Robertson was the um, assistant coach to Brian Smith. So they've, they've worked together. Yep. Um, and that sort of stuff. So both. Both coaches have both played for the Roosters and Matt King there. And yeah. I I have seen a lot of pictures of Boyd Cordner being at training. So I yeah, wouldn't okay. be surprised if you, we might see him running the water at some stage through the year if he's um Jason gets his training course. Yep. Um yeah. just to just, just an extra mind leadership. out in the field, the extra leadership yeah. out there. Yeah. That's yeah, that's a good move. Yeah, the Tigers um brought Robbie in, Robbie Farrer into yeah. run water if through um but they couldn't use him once the COVID thing. Uh, there was only a certain amount of numbers they could take into the lockdown, into the bubble up there, and Robbie wasn't on the list. So he was helping whatever talent there was on the field actually get around and do something sometimes. Defensively, they were atrocious. Yeah. That's just another rant session for another time. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what are your season predictions, Dave? What do you reckon? Is it all the way? Is, are the Roosters going oh, all the way this year? Are you going to be bold mate, enough to I, predict that? Oh, mate, I... I Mate, I always back my team, mate. I always back my team, but... But objectively speaking? Um, 
having a look at all the other teams and where they're at and everything to that effect. Oh, I definitely, definitely, I don't think we're we're up to the Panthers. Yeah, like the Panthers are pretty much they they they're, they're smoking at the moment. But obviously, it depends how Nathan Cleary comes back from his shoulder injury. As we know, injuries injuries can happen, and they can and they're not going to have the same sort of depth this year no. as um as they had last year with Burton going to the Bulldogs and exactly. stuff like that. So he's a massive, um, massive piece to replace. Yeah. Um, Cause it's not so just him I, playing I, center. It's him. When one of their halves go, halves down, go like, down, what are they going to do? And like, he, he kicks goals. He's got a big left foot. He, 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 I can't believe the Bulldogs got him so easily and cheap when they did. To be honest. Yeah. That was yeah. all Barrett, but, you could tell yeah. Barrett kind of like that was a bit sly on Barrett's um, <laughs> behalf, if you ask me too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Panthers didn't have the money for him anyway, but but there's definitely other clubs like I know the Tigers definitely would have thrown him the arm and the leg at him. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, Tigers are going on this really kind of strange re- rebuild at the moment. Um, he like the Tigers have never been a club to attract a marquee player ever. You know what I mean? Like we maybe like went through a back end after the grand final where we signed some players, but they never produced when they came to the club. Famously, Adam, Adam Blair. Blair. Oh my God. And then he left and played the house down in Brisbane. But if you notice the game that he played at the storm in Brisbane was super grubby, super yes. friggin' grubby. And that's not our style of play. And without him having free range to be a friggin' grub, um, it just kind of, he didn't work. I don't know what it was. It's like it's like he has to have that range to go out there and actually, be, yeah, like I said, a grub to um, play at his best ability. It's weird. But what are your predictions for the year, mate? Uh, I definitely, definitely top four. Top four? Yeah. Huh? Four, four, definitely in the top four. Well, considering we, we that um, you were got... fifth last year with all that, yeah, um, the injuries that you copped. So, yeah, I think the Souths are going to... Um, be around there, but I'm not too sure how they're going to even look without Reynolds consistently. Yeah. And also missing yeah, um, Bennett as a coach as well is going to be different for him as well. So, Well, we know we know how Bennett goes when he leaves clubs, how the club got, normally goes after Bennett leaves. There hasn't been too much, uh, too much excitement happening. Yeah, I just don't so, feel like it was as bad at South as what it has been at other clubs. I am critical of Bennett and the way he leaves clubs, and people kind of talk him up as a super coach all the time. And I'm like, mm, I don't know the um, the St George Illawarra Dragons and the Newcastle Knights both looked pretty bad after he left. Like he at least got the Dragons a premiership, but I can't say that they were in really good shape when he left. Well, even even the even the Broncos, mate. Oh, he, the Broncos he... were left in it. Absolute mess because but of I them. don't think I don't think that were all I think they were trying to backdoor him and say the club sort of made that mess to go with and sort of blamed it on Bennett on it was ridiculous that's the way I because feel about it. the club signs the players and allows them clauses to be placed in their contracts it's not like Bennett put the clauses in the contract that allow players to leave if he was no longer the coach and yeah all the drama and the rigmarole and bullcrap and some of them contracts like how do you sign players for that much money and like try to keep it consistent? Like, yeah, you can tell like the Roosters, like we said earlier, they've got that way of finding players at the right price. And you've, you've got, yeah, players, well, they just don't you've got players taken unders everywhere, essentially. Yeah. Well, they just don't, just don't pay players. They just, here's your offer. And if you don't like it, well, you can go like they've, they've done it too. Like they've, They've let James Maloney walk out the front door, like, and go to Cronulla and win a comp the next year. Yeah. And that year we came second last. Like, they they do do it. Like, they do let Mitchell Pierce go. Yes, they brought in Cooper Cronk, but they still let go Mitchell Pierce, a bloke who's played 260 games for the Roosters. They still yeah. let him go. Like, in the end, it didn't matter. Yeah, it's like we're here to win premierships. Yeah. So they, they don't they don't muck around when it comes to that sort of stuff. But but on the other note, they do bring in a lot of players. Like they still have six players who played in the squad this year that played in the 2016 grand final against Penrith. Like that's that's for a club that 
signs a lot of players, they still have six players still running around. And a couple of them players have left but come back. Um, and even a couple of them players now are in the leadership group yeah. um, with Victor and Nat Butcher. And Victor, if he stays healthy and not suspended, I I think he'll play Origin. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Like, it's, he, um, he should have been... He's a strange he one. He should have played he? Origin this year. Like, the yeah. whole narrative around Victor's a strange one because he's an amazing player. He hits like a weapon. But then everyone thinks he's like peeking over and stuff like that but Pangai was allowed to get away with so much shit that night that that thing that yeah because that's when it all blew up wasn't it there was that the Roosters and um, Brisbane game and it was him and Pangai having that war and Pangai got none of the blame or anything of that but I suppose yeah Yeah. (laughs) Victor was inflicting that night I'll tell you what it was a lot of lot of emotion that night that was Jake Jake Friend's farewell yep so there was a there was a lot of emotion that night. Um, yeah, it's. Do you think the Roosters have this problem sometimes of like maybe playing with too much emotion? Should they be putting it aside at times and thinking more rationally? Oh, definitely, Graves. <laughs> but if you take that away from them, then you're taking a part of their game. So I don't know. I don't know. I just feel I, like I, I feel like they're more dangerous when they're clinical instead of emotional. I see mistakes when they're emotional. And when they're, oh. when they're calm and clinical, they're just, yeah, I don't know, but man. It's just some players that got to, you just got to let loose. And they're two that. players. I get that, yeah. They're two players that I think that the Roosters are sort of, they bring a lot more when they are that on that edge. Yeah. And and uh, getting back to, to um, Brendan Smith, I don't know how him and Victor, the eastern suburbs um, nightclubs and uh, bars. They'll be um, having a few comedian nights when they two get together because they have talked about in previous grand final wins about how much they'd like to have a drink with each other. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> let's just hope that um, that that doesn't happen too often. <laughs> so the sombrero is that like your contract and like a hundred thou in a like a tab account and free beers down at the... <laughs> three beers at is that how it works club. is that how it works like... oh, i don't know i think i think it's lattes i think they paid in lattes, the lattes that's right they played in lattes the they lattes. paid in lattes <laughs> because uh, either we're, we're the sun or we're the latte boys oh hilarious hilarious but um, um, definitely Trent Robertson, um, he's he's changed that opinion. He he does a lot of research back in the into the eastern suburbs um, history. Yeah. And like every year, he tries to get a a player who played in the sixties, fifties, if they're still alive, to come come and meet him and stuff like that. And his stories about didn't he about take the team Bondi. to Fremel's the other year? Yeah. Yeah, to get them like to because there was. Um, wasn't there like players from East who went over and fought from Mel's during that time period yeah. or something like that? Yeah, yeah it's about sacrifice and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Any time that we've gone over there to England to play in the World Club Challenge, he's um they've gone to either France because Trent Robertson has a um a French background. That's where he started coaching. Yep. Um, and his wife is from um France. Yeah. So he um so he likes to give the blokes a bit of a history history lesson yeah and like he's been very known to make the boys read books and then come in and tell them about it in the off season and stuff sounds like, like that. something so, i do bro <laughs> so here's he your homework for tonight he, gentlemen he definitely he definitely likes to make the boys find privilege about their the what their sort of life they have yeah like he definitely he he rather them leave as a better person than a better footballer. Yeah. So he um he definitely tries to keep them under control. Yeah, I've noticed that about him. Robbo just seems like a really good manager of men. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, um, if you have listened to the um the cheeses um talk about being at Trent Robertson's house, like it was. For a person who just met him, he was very, very impressed with Trent Robertson. Yeah. 
especially when he opened up the, the nice bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah. So that must have been a Nick Polita special. Pull out the platter and the bloody, uh, yeah, and the plonk. It'll be right. It'll be right. Oh, they were cooking pizzas. <laughs> Dead set. Cooking pizzas and sipping on wine. Probably Grange. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. Great. It's been good having you on, mate. Uh, so you reckon yep. top four for sure? Yep. Book it in. Book it in. I think that's... as long as the injuries, as long yeah. as the injuries stay well. I I think they're certainly for top four. Um, I think the top four teams are generally guaranteed each year at the moment. Maybe top three. It's either going to be Roosters, Storm, Penrith. Um, the Eels are going to be an interesting story. I don't really rate the Eels uh, too much at all. Um, and there's been a bit of a mass exodus there in the off-season too. So we actually picked up Papali, but not for this season, but next season. Hoping we could get him a bit early, but... Well, yeah. they've lost a couple of players for... Quite a lot. For next, for next year. So they've they've sort of got a fair bit to play for this year. So they, they could be playing on a bit of emotion. Yeah. But, so, um, yeah. They're an interesting team, an interesting team. Not a fan of the self-appointed king of Parramatta, but... Um... <laughs> well, is I think really, you've only got to be really a Parramatta not... fan to like him. Seriously, mate. Seriously. Yeah. 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 Not wrong. Uh, okay, mate. Well, enjoy the season. Um, I'll be sure to get you back on the show throughout the year, uh, having a chat about your team, where they're going, getting your feedback on... Yeah. Um, how the Tigers are going, too. We'll see. We'll see. I reckon they might just... Sneak in there to the eight this year, maybe. Definitely ninth, guaranteed ninth. Okay, so. <laughs> ninth and tenth, mate. You're looking, you're looking good for ninth and tenth. Uh, well, this year at least you've got some stability in the halves, mate. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing that's happened in the off season is we hear it every off season, but apparently Luke Brooks may meet his potential this year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it and well, seen it too many times, bro. People- He's got the better people but, around him now, but and he's got Sheenzy back in his ear, calming him down. So, well, he's not going to be the center point of the of everything. Yeah, it's not going to be so heavily relying on him. He's going to be able to t- no. chime in and be but more impactful. On the other times. note, but on the other note, you probably with Jackson Hastings' um, reputation of uh, not handling pressure very well, um, you, do you really want it on him? Yeah, well, I think that's a false narrative at the moment, and I think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong this year. So, yeah. well, I hope so. He, He's—I've met him a few times through 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 the Roosters. A lovely, good kid, a bit cocky, but mate, to be playing a NRL at eighteen, you've got to be cocky. Listen, if I you, heard this right. You... There's this Tigers podcast called the West Life Podcast. Great podcast. Shout out to the boys over there. Um. They had a guest on there once and he was talking about I believe it might have been Big T he's another podcasting friend of mine it's the first time I actually heard Big T talk and he was talking about Jackson Hastings and he was going from what I hear about him the guy didn't get along with Mitchell Pierce, and he punched Daly, Daly Cherry Evans in the head so by all accounts that probably makes him a great bloke it's like, <laughs> like it's probably a fair assessment there <laughs> I don't know there's too many people that don't want to punch Daly Cherry Evans in the head so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'd sign me up for that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean, mate. That's what I mean. Uh, okay then, mate. Well, thanks for your time. And um, yeah, we'll see you through the season. Good luck. Yep, mate. Have a good night. You too. See ya.